0: sure to look for all that stuff, guys. I know we just went through a lot of stuff, but your deal doesn't have to be all of those things, but all of the stuff is in the contract. So Mm -hmm. whatever's in the contract needs to to show up on that closing statement. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. We're gonna talk about super fun stuff today. Boy, get ready. Yeah. yeah. Closing statements, (laughs) closing statements. And you know, this is probably pretty good timing, whether you're buying an investment property or you're buying a personal residence, you're gonna have one. Sometimes they call them a HUD. Mm -hmm. So HUD or closing statement, either way, it is where every single thing that gets paid or credited shows up.
1: And honestly, I spend more time reviewing that when I am closing myself than just about any other document, probably combined.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because you can actually do something about stuff on that document. And if if you don't like your loan docs, it's kind of just tough.
1: Yeah, uh, it's kind of too late.
0: <laughs> I don't think the bank's really going to change their document <laughs> for you. That's, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Sometimes on commercial loans, they will a little bit if there's some weird, funky crap in there. But then it usually delays closing. But on this document, if it's wrong, if something's not right, they can pretty easily change it. And you've got to look because if you don't look, you can be wrong and it'll cost you money.
1: Yeah. And humans prepare <clears throat> them. Human beings. Yeah. So this isn't computer generated. I think a lot of people assume that it's, it is what it is. And a settlement statement is definitely, like you said, Ron, it's changeable until you sign it and close. It's much harder to change after, after you've signed and closed. So a couple of examples um, that I've seen, actually very recently in the last couple of weeks, I had a client reach out saying, hey, the tenant didn't pay rent the month that I closed. So the property manager hadn't come to us with that information, probably because they just didn't know, right, that it happened all right at the 11th hour. And I said, well, did you look at your settlement statement? Because there's always prorated rent on your settlement statement. And he hadn't sent it to me and he hadn't looked at it. And I said, That is where you can see, hey, why isn't there prorated rent on here? Ask the question and find out, wait, the tenant didn't pay rent this month? Like, that would have been super helpful to know for everybody, right? And then another one that I've seen recently is security deposits. It was title's job to do that. They didn't put it on there. And they've said, okay, well, you just handle it outside of closing. You just figure it out.
0: Yeah, which is a lot of fun for everybody involved. (laughs) A lot of fun it's more difficult to go back and fix it after everybody's signed and the deal is closed because it's all money so mm-hmm. money has to trade hands and there's usually a bank involved so we got a buyer a seller and a bank and depending on what's screwed up on the hud it could affect one or all three parties to the transaction mm-hmm. or there's more parties than that right because the realtor commissions are on there i mean there's a lot that's on there yeah matter of fact I just got a check in the mail today for two dollars and some odd cents for over collection of taxes for one of my collections. big money <laughs> big money but they overcharged me and so they had to send me money back it almost cost more to mail it to me than the uh, check inside right before. so exactly but yeah so anyway the front page of a hud has all of the big numbers on there and then there are certain line items on the front page that are broken down on the second page so there's usually a line that that says you know something about um, settlement charges and mm-hmm. it's a big fat number and in order to know what the big fat number is you have to go to page two where the big fat number is broken down and it's broken down into all kinds of fees and some of the things that i think you need to check i know heather's got some other ones too she's just telling you about a couple but there's usually a section that is really, really fat, and that is your prepaids. So depending on what your documents say, they could be either under collecting or over collecting on the HUD. What I mean by that is if, you have, if, they're, if they're going to uh, impound your taxes and your insurance, and they're supposed to be collecting a year up front, well, then you don't want them collecting a year and a half and you don't want them collecting six months. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise you're going to be, if six months, you're going to be underfunded for your escrow account. And if it's over that, then you're just giving them your money up front for them to give it back to you after year one, which is kind of like paying taxes early. Ahead of time. And yeah. getting a refund, <laughs> which I'm not a fan of. Uh, <laughs> why, why would I want the government to have my money for a little while? I'll just keep it and pay them their share. Exactly. Same thing with your mortgage company. Don't give them more money for your escrow account than is is required by the documents, right? And your lender should have told you how much that they should be collecting. So those are good things to check.
1: Agreed. A couple of like other mistakes I've seen made, prorated rent and security deposits. If there's a tenant in place, that should always be on there. Always. So you just check for that and like i said it can trigger other questions if there's no security deposit and they say oh yeah we don't have one then you say whoa wait wait, wait. how do i not have a security deposit right we've had that happen before the tenant one doesn't mean it's
0: not on the lease and if it's on the lease and they just don't have one well then the seller's got to cough that up because otherwise you've got to cough that up later on down the road exactly
1: so then you have your loan costs that i've seen I've had clients reach out just, just yesterday, a client reached out and said, why am I paying so many points? And I said, well, did you not tell the lender that you wanted to pay that many points? Well, no. And so just stuff like that, like just not being asleep at the wheel. So under loan costs, you have your points at the very top that you're paying if you wanted to you know, buy down the rate. Um, you have loan processing fees and underwriting fees. Pretty typical, right? But just making sure, mostly the points that that's what you agreed to. So there wasn't an error that someone yeah, made. And if,
0: you know, if, you're, if, if the seller is paying points, it doesn't mean that they're not going to show up there. It means that you're going to have mm-hmm. a credit for closing costs. That credit is probably not going to show up as credit for points to buy down your interest rate. It's going to show up as a credit from the seller for closing costs. And it's, yeah. it's just going to be a line item that offsets the points that you're paying to buy down the interest rate. They're still going to be there. And people that's get confused right. by that as well, because it gets into a little bit of accounting, right? You you have you know certain areas that offset other areas, and you got to know what those are, where those credits
1: that's a, are. Yeah, that's a really good point, because I have clients say, well, why am I paying this? I'm like, oh, well, you see, there's a credit, right? Like, it has to be paid by you, because you're the borrower on the loan. Yeah. So it has to note, be on your
0: side, make a note as Heather said, that if you have on your documents that they gave you the security deposit, when the tenant moves out, you have to give them back the security deposit. And you did get it. It's a line item, but yeah. you didn't get a check. You know, you didn't, you didn't get to hold the money, but it's, it's yep. on the document. And that means you got it as a credit. That's that. right. Yeah.
1: And some property managers really want to keep that security deposit on their books, which can actually make a lot of sense because they're on the hook to give it back. And say you spend the security deposit, and then the tenant moves out and they say to the property manager, hey, where's my security deposit? And they're begging the owner to send them the money, that puts them in a tight spot. So that may be, I've seen it happen where you get the credit on the security deposit and then it goes back and then the property manager says, okay, I need that back, like right away after closing or I've seen it if the property manager is going to be the same property manager who's already managing that they will just move the security deposit over in your name in their on their books so
0: yeah from the risk just, we'll just take it yep. and put it over as a security deposit yeah so don't freak out if that happens
1: just ask the right questions
0: yeah just understand how the money's flowing right Yep, they have to hold a security deposit almost I don't think any of them that we work with heather have the client hold a security deposit so if you get it on the hud yeah. just know they're going to take it
1: yeah they're going to it. ask it's for back. it back <laughs> it's gonna be,
0: yeah it's going to be probably on your first rent it's going to come yeah. out which means you're not going to probably get any but you did get it you got it in the hud on the closing yeah okay that's right yeah. so i don't um, know if we flogged that horse enough but that's important because no it's one super of the important. That people miss most out of everything with respect <laughs> to rental properties investment properties they miss that piece I agree i think the other thing Uh, too is make sure that the prorations are right for your taxes make sure that the seller is paying their share of the taxes that's really important
1: true i've seen it happen on not very often this isn't this doesn't happen often but i've seen it happen where you pay for the appraisal on a credit card and then it's on the settlement statement as an appraisal charge so not very common mistake but still something just to go through every line and just make sure like, wait a minute, did I pay for that already? And I'm being charged again for the appraisal, stuff like that. And then you have your title fees, which are pretty set in stone. There's not a whole lot you can do to affect title fees. I have on a refinance used the same title company. And I called that title company and said, hey, you handled title on when I purchased the property, I'm doing a refinance. And they said, oh yeah, we'll give you a 40% discount. Because I asked, so there are a couple times that you, you can affect title fees, but typically not really. <laughs> title fees are the title
0: fees, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I will say there's not a whole lot you know more that can be said about it about a, a closing statement or a HUD. There's a lot of line items on there, but most of the line items mm-hmm. on there, there's not a whole lot you can do about them. They're there, you know. Somebody's paying them. Just make sure that the right person is paying them.
1: According yes,
0: to your contract somehow the if you're using a seller's title company the title company didn't put everything on the on the buyer when that's not what the contract called for right yes you have to be aware you have to be looking for this stuff
1: yep a couple more I'm just looking at one right now so a couple more things just to check Um, you have your homeowners insurance you may have a home warranty make sure that you're not the one paying for that typically our sellers are paying for the home warranty sometimes you may elect to pay for one just checking to make sure that's on the right side of the expenses and then you have your down at the bottom you have other charges and you have your hoa and your hoa monthly dues are prorated they sometimes charge a transfer fee or i would say usually charge a small transfer fee to move owners over in their record so just making sure that you're aware because sometimes i've had clients say wait a minute heather there's an hoa on this property like a year after closing, the seller didn't know about the HOA, and they hadn't really looked at their settlement statement, and it's on there. It says, That's hey, crazy, cause here's the- your the- HOA information.
0: The house that we just bought, they didn't take the HOA out either. And we, hmm. our new neighbor is apparently one of the, I don't know if he's the president or I don't know, Anyways, on the board. Oh, no. And he came over and he was like, hey, um, I just wanted to <laughs> let you know that you're about ready to get a letter that, you know, the... For non payment, to I don't know, some kind of judgment. Oh my gosh. For your HOA fees. And I'm like, Uh, oh, dude, I like, yeah, I thought they were on the HUD, right? I thought they were on the closing statement. Yeah. Apparently they weren't on the closing statement. And so, you know, I was about ready to get a really nasty gram from the new HOA. That's nothing like moving into the community and being that guy, right? That guy. Um, So we paid those, but just make sure because if they're not on there, you still owe them. HOAs can be pretty aggressive.
1: Yep and if you don't know that it exists, right? Because if you find out and it wasn't disclosed that there's an HOA, then that's a conversation, right? So just the the settlement statement can give you lots of information about things like that. So that happened on one whole development that they, we didn't know there was an
0: HOA. Yeah. So and sometimes the title company screws up and sends you both sides where you get to see the seller and the buyer mm-hmm. which is not typical. Typically you only get to see yours. But if that happens, it gives you even more <laughs> It gives you even yeah. more information because it gives you everything <laughs> That's true. That they're paying and what they're making and everything else. So, I mean, that probably won't happen for you, but you know, if it does, it's kind of fun sometimes to see the other side.
1: So, an- another thing that I'll mention also, I feel like I'm on a list here, but you're capped on a conventional loan at two percent of the purchase price in incentives. So, a hundred thousand dollar house, you can have no more than two thousand dollars of like closing costs or any seller incentives to get you to buy the property right put in place some short to prevent fraud and all sorts of shenanigans but sometimes on our contracts we will have two percent closing costs and the seller to pay the property manager a credit at closing we've done that a couple times and we're doing it a little more frequently right now that will not be on your settlement statement because that would take the balance over two percent and where it's prepaying for a property management fee the lender's okay with it but it cannot be on the settlement statement so that has to be handled outside of closing and we have you know a team in our office to make sure that happens but not a bad thing to follow up and say hey is that credit at the property management company yet what's happening right before i sign this i want to know a plan
0: well and the other thing is, is that you read your statements you should be able to see it on your statement a HUD is not a whole lot different than your statements. It's just mm-hmm. an accounting of what's happening in the transaction, which is exactly the same thing as your monthly statements are. It's an accounting yeah. of what has happened or transpired during the past month with your property. And so you should read both of those and understand what they are. I guess I, I, I don't know if I should even bring this up, Heather. <laughs> I may be jumping in I may be jumping into something that is way too complex, but I'm I'm curious because this is fresh in my mind. We just underwrote a deal that a guy brought us, a multifamily deal. And I I hadn't looked at the top of the uh, P&L when they sent it over the T12, but my asset manager, Erica caught it that they had Mm -hmm. sent us over the T12 in accrual instead of cash. And so if you don't understand the difference between accrual and cash accounting, cash is what happened this month, happened this month, to break it down into its simplest form. And then accrual is if I was supposed to get paid this month, then I'm going to account for it this month, whether it came or it hmm. didn't get where it didn't come. Right. And the same thing with bills. If it was due this month and I didn't pay it, it doesn't matter. I'm putting it in the books, right? Wow. Well, so it's can, like accounting. That can receivable, cause problems. Yeah. If you send over an accrual statement, you know, it it can show on there that there's all of this money that I supposedly generated, but a portion of that money could be bad debt that I actually didn't get the money, never got the money. right? It's still sitting there on the books and during that 12-month period, which can inflate the numbers. And in this case, it did inflate the numbers pretty substantially, actually. And they deflated some of the expenses, some of the utilities and some other expenses because of the same thing. And so when you're getting your statements, it's really important to understand what you're getting. Almost all of you are going to be getting cash. But when you start to get into larger properties, your property management companies may be sending you accrual. And if they are, you need to be able to tie out everything. So you need to be able to all the income that supposedly you made, you have to actually realize it at some point. And if you don't, it needs to go into bad debt or something else so that it comes off of the top line. otherwise you're going to pay taxes on it and you never get it right oh that's Um, a good one in addition to that um if you're buying properties you need to make sure that they're not sending you accrual you need to make sure they're sending you cash so you know what really happened during (laughs) that year good one wasn't going to talk about that but that just happened and it completely changed this property into no kidding decently easily property into a crappy i mean it's a really crappy (laughs) property mean, really bad.
1: Actually.
0: I mean, it's only $100,000 off, you know, so no big deal. No biggie. Um, I mean, $100,000, just so everybody's aware That's in this particular market, it's about $1.5 million worth of purchase price. So, I mean, it's not insignificant. Anyway, that deal no most likely dead, but it's dead because of accounting. And I, I, we harp on this all the time. You've got to know your numbers. You've got to know your numbers. You've got to know your numbers. And So, just kind of going back to what we originally started talking about, you need to know your numbers when you close too. Yeah. You look at this document. It's a pretty important document. So don't just autograph it and send it back. Look at it. Start your yeah. investing career or continue your investing career on the right track by understanding your numbers. And if you don't understand, just ask. Super yep. easy. Just ask. Somebody knows. Oh, one last
1: one I just thought of that has been missed a couple times. It's mostly when someone sends a check for earnest money, mm. it is missed. And so they you say, wait a minute, I paid earnest money. And they say, no, we never received it. And you say, here's a copy of my check, which is why we ask all of our clients to send us a copy just to, in case this happens. And then they go, oh, yeah, never mind. You did pay $5,000, right? So, <laughs> never mind.
0: Hey, what's five grand between friends? It's no biggie.
1: <laughs> it's no biggie. So, sorry, I, I got us sidetracked for a second, but I thought of it as something no, to mention. A, that's a
0: really, really important one. And you're right. That's one that's overlooked a lot. It's like it's sitting at the title company. And for whatever reason, they just didn't attach it to the right file. It's just yep. sitting there. And it That's will stay simple. sitting there in limbo for God knows how long if people don't claim it. Right? So, be sure to look for all that stuff, guys. I know we just went through a lot of stuff, but your deal doesn't have to be all of those things, but all of the stuff is in the contract. So, mm-hmm. whatever's in the contract needs to, needs to show up on that closing statement.
1: And it's really, I'm going to reiterate that it's really hard to get it after closing. Almost like... To the point that we're like, yeah, we don't know if we're going to get this because the seller settled their books, right? They paid their contractors, whatever, everything's settled on their side. And then we're coming back and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you uh, <laughs> you missed yeah. this or you need next yeah.
0: five grand. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants that to happen after you get Well, you don't. Nope. You certainly nope. don't want them the seller calling back and going, oh, Ah, uh, there was a mistake. Need you to pay an extra five grand. Nobody wants that. Yeah, sellers don't nope. want that either, right? So just check, make sure that you've got this thing nailed.
1: Oh, we and- should cover if it's not right, what they should do. So yeah. I usually reach out to the title company and I say, "Hey, Every time. this is missing." <laughs> I was going to say usually only because sometimes my clients reach out to me and I reach out to the title company. But if this is a timeline issue that you are closing like usually you're closing very soon go directly to the title company and say i have a problem you can send back all of the loan documents the settlement statement does not need to be notarized so that can be handled after you sign everything else just because the settlement statement's wrong does not mean you can't sign everything else sign everything else in the presence of the notary as long as it's accurate send it back and then the settlement statement can be handled The next day so if you're signing in the evening
0: and routinely is actually yes
1: very common yep so don't feel like you can't sign a piece of paper because you're missing your security deposit right you can move forward and sign everything because if you don't the documents are date sensitive and they may have to go back to the drawing board and redraw everything which could incur loan fees etc
0: so yep okay well hopefully that was helpful (laughs) yeah i know it was short but there's not a whole lot again I mean, I'm actually really surprised that we hit the 20 minute mark on the closing statement. <laughs> Probably well, this was a because request. Of my, so. because of my accounting story, did we even do that? That <laughs> um, has nothing to do with a, with the closing statement, other than it's accounting. So, yeah, just um, guys, just make Mindset. sure you go over them. And you know, title companies, your friend. They they don't want to do a whole bunch of extra work, right? But it's you got to get it right. So when you call them, just make sure that they're helpful. They almost always are, super helpful then they can change it super easy. It's not a big deal. Just make sure it's right. And if you get to the title company and you're working with us and you can't get anywhere, then call us. We will definitely help you out. All right? Yep. That's right. And now's a great time. I mean, the interest rates are going up, guys. I think I just heard that they were going up another 500 basis points soon. So uh, if you want to lock in some less expensive money, now would be a good time to do that. And we got some fantastic deals the other day, Heather. Oh, my gosh.
1: We have so much coming right now.
0: I'm not sure that um, there will be any, uh, (laughs) but you might want to call in and check. We just got some brand new new single families and... um, we just got some rehab single families, both, and uh, the numbers look pretty good. So, anyway, that's right. All in, email in if you've never talked to us before. If not, just call who you're working with. And until next time, this has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.